0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, where I was the national lead prospect and draft analyst. Uh, now I am here at all of Locked On. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen free and available today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. CBA is kind of in a standstill. Not much to discuss there. Let's just move past it. Instead, you know, college baseball, it's uh we get our first game in division One ten 10 days from today or from the day i'm recording the 18th is i believe when the schedule is supposed to start this year that's so close it's right around the corner since you know again i started out as a prospect and draft analyst that's where i got my first national gigs uh, i thought it made perfect sense to talk some Let's let you know who's locally, who's out there. Look at some of the colleges, the D1 schools in particular, and discuss, right? That's where you're kind of finding out a chance for people in the Ohio area to, uh, to go check out some college players. Uh, if you missed it, uh, you can go over to my Twitter. I had a, quite the conversation with Kyle uh, Bodie of Line Baseball getting into the weeds about pitcher development. Uh, I don't know. I should probably follow him. After all of our discussions, it was, it just, you kind of randomly popped into my feed and he and I uh, went back and forth, all very positive. And when I say back and forth, there's a a tendency to think uh, that it's negative. No, we just, we're discussing baseball pitching and the Indians. So I'm not going to sit here and read tweets, but uh, if that is your thing, might be fun to go check that out. Let's start talking about Ohio baseball. Uh, I realized I pulled up everything here. And then in my complete total and utter foolishness, I didn't pull up the best program in the state, so we'll save the best program for absolutely last. Uh, You should know anymore what the best program in the state is. Uh, I don't really think there's any debate. There was some time you could put some debate. No, not the case anymore. So let's start at, was it the first game, first time I was media for a game? It might've been uh, University of Akron, gone for five years, came back, rough season them a year ago. Rough season pretty much since their return. I mean, that's what's awful. And there's a lot of things that's awful. Let's put it that way. That's, that's a really insensitive way to put it. There are many things that have not been great. Uh, University of Akron made, this was their second year back. You know, they returned in, was supposed to be such an awesome experience. They came back in 2020. Uh, that was not the case, really limited things. Heavy JUCO team, uh, you know, nobody drafted. I mean, they got beat up a year ago. They were 15 and 36 eight and 32 in the conference, it was not great. I was trying to get more on, I was going through the data, looking at numbers and one player does jump out. Now, I don't know if that player is draft eligible or I mean, I know he's draft eligible. I don't know if he's draftable, but if he is, you know, if his stuff can tick up a bit, this is a player to look at for day three for your Cleveland guardians. And that's Connor Steinbaugh, the, I believe projected to be the Friday starter for Akron uh, he only had seven starts last year. It was interesting in terms of like starts on that team. You know, he was tied for third, um, you know, 50 year senior John Creel. Now Steinbaugh, I believe everybody got a year for 2020. Now I think he could, he also had Tommy John surgery I mean, he was, let's see, he came out of high school. I want to say in 2017. So you're looking at, at someone who is, you know, 20, he'll be 23 this year. So age-based models are, of course, not going to love that. Uh, He had, this is essentially his fifth year of school. He did have Tommy John surgery uh, in between, coming from Lincoln Trail College. And then they kind of limited him this year. So he had Tommy John, and he got one inning pitch in that short 2020 season. So he had kind of a relative innings count uh, through 37 innings. But here's what he did in 37 innings. Strikeout rate of 9.4. Walk rate? 0.24. That's right. He walked one player in those 37 innings. We know the Indians like that type. Um, it would have been great to see him in a, a summer showcase league. Now, he's not the biggest guy. Uh, six feet tall, so undersized righty. Was throwing 80s, touching 90, according to reports I was able to find uh, a year ago. I, uh, you know, Again, I don't know overall chances of getting drafted, but I do know if the Indians are looking for arms. Those control numbers uh, would be interesting to look at. He was one of the best control specialists uh, in college baseball a year ago. That's just the plain and simple truth of it. You know, he's got a lot of things counting against him, size, age, velocity. But, yeah, I'm uh, really intrigued to see what he can do this year for Akron. He definitely stood out for me in terms of uh, just pure and simply looking at these Ohio teams. And I figured I'd start with, you know, the university that has my grandfather in its Alumni Association Hall of Fame, the campus I grew up on, and one of the first places I got to scout. And when you're looking at that stuff, Connor Steinball was the player that stood out for me from the University of Akron. Should we go across to the the rivals, Kent State? Uh, Kent State had Luke Albright drafted a year ago. He went in the sixth round. He had some top two round buzz before the year began, so a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Drafting-wise, just hasn't been there for them. Uh, after that great run, I should also point out with Akron, just to loop back for one second, to tell you how rough the year was, they as a team had 21 home runs last year. Their pitching staff gave up 49, so it's not just about where they played, but you know, there are players who had 21 home runs. So I don't want to bury Akron. They're coming back from five years with no program, and they have limited scholarships. They're trying to find ways to make it work. I'm just happy there's baseball there. If you can support that program, please do. Now to go to Kent. Uh, Kent for a long time was the cream of the crop in Ohio. Uh, I was just looking at this team thinking, man, it's been a, I miss going there on Friday nights. How many Fridays I would go to see someone like Eric Lauer or Joey Murray and sit there in the snow, (laughs) freezing cold, watching games. Uh, It happened a lot. It was not a one, once or twice thing. I froze, at Ak- at, uh, I froze at Kent a lot over the years. We got to see a lot of really interesting talent, a lot of productive players. Uh, for them, Cullen Matthews, the outfielder, who last year had a three thirty two four eleven five oh eight 508 slash line, uh, struck out 25% of the time, walked 7%. One more uh, two-way guy, was probably one of the more interesting hitters. Not huge power numbers, uh, did steal 17 bases as well. Justin Kirby, the first baseman, uh, again, not, you know, he's someone who gets, he had over 300, 301, 386, 473, saw his name brought up in places, uh, walked 10% of the time, struck out 26% of the time. The five home runs are concerned only eight, uh, doubles, 10 stolen bases though. Uh, he was, you know, he's one of the ones who I saw get some like, uh, preseason conference talk for Kent. And then, um, the former catcher, Justin McNess, he is, uh, you know, sophomore, left-hander, 349 average, 432 on base, 527 slugging. Only four home runs, 14 doubles, though. I believe that is tied for most on the team in doubles. Uh, it's a pretty big parking, Kent, and, you know, Matthews was tied for second on the team with six home runs. Uh, Michael Turner, I believe, last year was their primary catcher. I wonder if McNiss will get some opportunities. He's listed as a catcher in a few spots. Uh, you know, he was the—was he their second-best catcher? Um, batting average guy and uh, third best on base. So some good production there. And the other thing about McNess was he was previously drafted all the way back in the 35th round by Baltimore in 2019. So you're looking at someone who would be, you know, this is his natural junior year. This is the natural pace. He was from Du uh, Dubois central Catholic in Dubois PA and just pulling up his class of 2019 draft profile over our perfect game. Uh, where he was the 62nd ranked catcher, 500th overall prospect. So the very end of their top one, uh, 500 list second catcher in the state of Pennsylvania, 19th overall went to enough events. that He's got a page not much beyond that, but someone that, you know, popped enough to get drafted out of high school did it. I'm sure Baltimore made a run offered him six figures and he decided to go to school. So good on him. Hopefully it, it'll benefit him this year. He's probably the most interesting draft prospect Uh, If you were to go to Kent, those are like the three hitters I'd look at. McNess is the kind of the the big name for me. And then in terms of, you know, I always like to see who's missing bats. Um, You had Albright and Zimmerman were kind of the top two in that area. And you had Peyton Dietz and Ryan Lane. The other ones you want to combine those and see if there's anyone with a high, you know, strikeout rate. The, you know, should we look like the Indians rule, like strikeout rate over nine walk rate under four only player that I applied to was aiden longwell Uh, and he was a from massillon and he was a true freshman last year who uh also got 18 at bats is a hitter but uh he was a reliever mostly last year in 16 innings Uh, i sometimes we see those relievers transition into a starting role i don't know who projects out but based on what we've seen in terms of just baseball teams are older because of that COVID loss season and everything that happened. So I think we'll likely you know, not see uh, someone who's in their true sophomore year jump right in uh, to a starting position. He might have to still fight his way out of the pen to get up there. I Kent always feels like they're developing a pitcher, and I'm sure there's someone that uh, I'm failing to mention from that Kent program. But right now it's the bats and not the arms for the first time in a while The Kent and, you know, Justin McNess is the player to watch for me overall. We'll take this first kind of a late break here, come back, talk about Ohio State, talk about Wright State, Ohio, you know, you know, teams are D1 programs in Ohio. So, you know, I love Built Bar, but Bilt Bar knows I love them so much. They're now sending me mailers. That's right. I got a mailer letting me know that banana cream pie is back and You know, as someone who has ordered the banana cream pie in the past, they sent me a a card with a promo code on it with a bunch of letters to get 15% off. But why use that promo code? Use LOCK15. I'm getting 15% off either way. LOCK15 helps out the Lockdown Network, and it's just easier to remember. If banana's your thing, I've eaten a whole box of the banana cream pie, so I can vouch for them. That's a favorite. Right now, the lemon dip cheesecake, the white chocolate cookies and cream, aka Oreo, coconut marshmallow, and ruby chocolate are all there in terms of their limited edition flavors caramel macchiato has sold out caramel almond delight another one i've eaten a whole box of is on sale as is eggnog those two being on sale means you get double discounts when you order that so you want to jump over to builtbar.com today use the promo code locked on and save yourself twice as much try some eggnog try caramel almond delight i liked it quite a bit i finished that box off or you can even get the sweet 64 winner coconut brownie chunk Check it out for yourself. There is always deals, specials, and new flavors coming to BuiltBar.com. I love it. I eat it. Go check it out for yourself. If you're a listener to the show and you are looking for a protein bar that is great tasting and great for you, there's no better choice than BuiltBar.com. So let's be honest. I'm not going to get through all the Division I programs today. Like that's, Let's put that on front street. It's just uh, an impossibility. Uh, it's, it's so crazy to think about, though, because... Living in Ohio, I didn't realize the wealth I had, right? I didn't realize that the MAC, being what it is, you have, you know, we talked about Toledo, Bowling Green as a rivalry. You got Akron and Kent. You got Ohio and Miami. That's six programs just in the MAC. You got Ohio State to give you seven. Cleveland State used to have a program. It went away. For a time when I was there, Akron went away. I now live in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not crapping on Wisconsin, but one Division One program here. One, <laughs> we got University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin Panthers, part of the Horizon League. I don't even get the Big Ten, it's the closest Big Ten team, would be uh, it'd be quite the drive down to Northwestern. I looked into it, <laughs> it's just not feasible, but yeah, it's uh, it, if you are living in Ohio and you're a listener of the show, and a majority of our listeners and go look at our tracking data, um, it's a little bit creepy when I do it, but it's also interesting. People enjoyed that in the past, you can go and check that stuff out. Um, but, yeah, no, there was that data. It did exist. You could kind of go and see uh, who is what and who is uh, following things in terms of uh, the the show and most people come from Ohio, so why not take advantage of it? Why not go and look for your you know these teams these I mean, we don't have spring training. Why not go see some competitive sports right now? And you know, I said I was going to talk about them, so let's just start with Ohio State. They might be the name in the state. They've been always second tier uh, in terms of the state itself. And the Big Ten really isn't a Power Five conference when it comes to baseball. It's it's more of a mid-major. Um, I know that might be sacrilege, but it's just the truth of the matter. A year ago, uh, Connor Pohl led the team as the redshirt senior. I do not believe he was drafted, did not continue on. He was a 23-year-old reserve who hit 15 or 13 home runs. Ended up with almost 30 home runs during his career at Ohio State. That is impressive in and of itself. Zach DiZenzo, the infielder, uh, has been an offensive weapon at Ohio State from uh, Marlington in Alliance, Ohio. Starter as a freshman. uh, 2020 was that last season for everyone. But last year, 302, 382, 550 uh, as a slash line. The bat pip of 372, you've heard me talk about many times about bat pip being a great Performance based at 942 or 942 walks about 9%, strikes out 24%, 11 doubles, nine home runs. But again, he, he got on base, he showed some power. Six foot four, 223, about uh, 22 in May. So he is the junior who's closer to a senior age uh, when you're looking at such things. And again, that's you know, it's not like the bonus year, that's just. Naturally, I'm not sure if he redshirted, though it doesn't say redshirt. Normally, it says that when I'm looking at like my baseball reference data does not list him as a redshirt in there. Uh, Other players of note, at least offensively, like when I'm just kind of grinding out numbers looking at things, Cade Kern, who was a freshman, not draft eligible this year, but 325, 391, 438, walked almost 10%, struck out at under 20. Uh, He is one of those guys, only the two home runs. He was a pure, pure, no, a true freshman last year. He has a name to watch because if he plays well this year, he's setting himself up to be someone who is going to get talked about for next year. So he is, he has done enough to kind of be in the conversation at Ohio state already as a freshman. We'll see if that can continue on for him. Uh, Those are really the the two big hitters in terms of just what I'm kind of looking at, what I'm, you know, what, what are the numbers I look at statistically? Those two uh, jump out and it's, You know, I kind of look at these lists, and I'm always like, you know, there's names that just fall off or disappear, and I'm always curious. I'm not going to get into some of those guys now, but I'm like, huh, I wonder what happened to that guy. Because it's the thing, you go back and think about that class that had, like, Seth Lonsway, Dylan Dingler, uh, Xavier Moore, who signed with the Rangers. It's like, that was the greatest class that the school had ever produced, uh, unfortunately, or had gotten, I said recruited, I should say, in my time covering such things. And there are some names that uh that were bigger than like someone like Dylan Dingler and it's just kind of interesting to watch how development goes. Now, pitching-wise, TJ Brock is the name to know. He is the closer from a year ago. Uh, he had a strikeouts per 9 of nearly 14, which by the way was like fourth best on the team. Uh though uh only other one other player where they really had uh, a lot of, you know, had over 10 innings. So it's essentially second best on the team in 21 innings, nine saves for them uh walks for nine was 6.65 so hoping he will limit that uh our good friend burke granger you could probably go through his profile find some nice video for tj uh he's an interesting guy should be i think he gets drafted this year let's put that way there's enough fire last year i kind of expected him to get drafted as a junior didn't come together and said you saw jack neely another reliever longsway who we mentioned and then uh, garrett burnham who was essentially their most productive starter uh just other guys you should probably be paying attention to. Isaiah Kupet is a lefty reliever who actually led the team with his 15 strikeouts per nine. It was only in 17 innings, but his walks per nine was only at three, three point one two. So he is. Let's just double see if he would be a guy who's draft eligible. But the the you know he could really put himself on the map if he continues to perform like that, since he is a lefty and he was a perfect game. uh Top 500 guy, 3 380th listed player back in his uh, as part of the 2020 class. So no, he's he's got a while out. He's from uh, Flossmoor, Illinois, but he's he's really interesting. You're hoping maybe he gets more opportunities. He sh- should get more opportunities. No hope. There should be more opportunities for him. A lot of guys missed a lot of bats, uh, but we want to make sure we get the guys who actually played a lot of innings. So it's not like. Uh, Baden Root is a junior reliever who had a strikeout rate at almost 11 and a walk rate a little over 4. So there's there's some guys. Like, Ohio State's pitching staff is what's interesting this year. Uh, and they, like I said, they still got, uh, with Dezenzo and um, Kern, two interesting bets. So Ohio State uh, is a team that's you know worth spending some time on. If you're in that area, go check out Ohio State for sure. And you should do it anyways, but there's extra reasons to check out that program. We're going to take another break here. We're going to come back, and we're not going to talk about the top team today in the state of Ohio because we just can't cover all these teams. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, uh, we'll see if we go north or if we go south, but we'll discuss some more Ohio colleges, players that I am going to be watching, players you should watch as well. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its March through the playoffs, right to the big game this week, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I also want to remind you, you know, BetOnline's got you covered for Super Bowl week. We have people there. And it's Super Week, Lockdown Bengals, Lockdown Rams and Locked On NFL are all at the big game. Make sure to check that out this week. So let's go to Miami of Ohio. Last year, they had Sam Bachman, who went in the top 10. You know, that was huge. Jacob Webb was another interesting starter for them, or not starter, I believe he was just a reliever, I should say, who Boston took in the 14th round. And by the way, I mean, Bachman was, of course, fantastic. One could argue that their best performing pitcher was an undrafted free agent who the Mets signed. And that was Grant Hartwig, uh, strikeout per nine, over 10, a walk per nine last year, 1.35. I'll be curious to see how he does. Now he turned 24 in December, very old, you know, uh, a, a kid who draft or in this case, don't draft, but sign is already 24. I and mean, that's, that's not ideal. You know, a lot of teams are looking at guys about three years younger than that, but we'll see. I, I, I am intrigued by Grant Hart, uh, Hartwig over at the Mets, as well as, you know, obviously Sam Bachman with the Angels. Bachman ended up third on the team in innings. First was Hartwig. Number two was Jonathan Brand, who is draft eligible this year. Brand last year missed 11, over 11 strikeouts per nine. Walk rate over five. Home run rate, almost one. We've talked about that's You know, doesn't it can be indicative of a lot of different things. He's not a big guy. That's going to hold him back. Uh, five foot nine is his, uh, baseball cube listed, uh, height. And even over at the Miami website, he's five foot nine, 200 pounds. So he's got to show people when you're five foot nine, that is, you know, again, I'm not necessarily the biggest heightest, but that's one of those things that, you know, knocks a guy down at the same time, Jonathan Brand, we want to go back and you discuss the 2021 season. He was perfect games, 331 listed player. So he was considered a top 500 guy for them. Uh, Now, I don't know if this is preseason, postseason. That's pretty high for a guy who, uh, you know, did not end up getting drafted a year ago, even though he was eligible. And I can tell you, you know, he's listed in the top 75 seniors, still a perfect game, and they're top 300 players. So, you know, he's a guy who may not be a day one, may not even be a day two, but he certainly looks like as a senior this year, he should see himself called at some point in the draft in spite of his size limitations. Uh, he is, you know, just in terms of, I went to the wrong team there, uh, his statistical stuff, you know, he stands out. He is really interesting and he's been a no name for a while. Uh, going down the list, I was just seeing if there's any of those, you know, high strikeout, low walk types. There's not as much at Miami offensively. Nate Stone, the red shirt freshman from year ago would be draft eligible this year had, um, wasn't he of the one of the ridiculously... No, it was uh, Nate Stone had some interesting production, but it was Benji Brookmond, another redshirt freshman who had a 413 bat pip. Again, we've seen that to be a sign of quality contact in the past. His OPS was only 760. He had absolutely no power uh, in his 173 plate appearances. But still, uh, just when I saw that bat pip when I was looking across things, that made him a guy to check out. Uh, it's, it's a down year for the program, let's be honest. There's not too many guys who really popping up or eliciting a ton of attention. Brand is far and away the biggest name um, for them, and yeah, that's kind of, like I said, just in terms of statistics, there wasn't too many guys who did something enough to really pull me in stone. It was the walk rate. That's what it was. He had a, a pretty high walk rate, and then Brian Zapp also had a high walk rate, but he had a very low average. Not a lot of power in general. We talked about Akron's being low at 21. They had 31 total home runs. We'll see what happens, if guys can develop, and what steps forward. Brand is definitely the name to watch. He is the brand, as it were, to watch at uh, University of Miami. And then if we are sticking in the conference, we would then talk rivals, of course. We'd have to go uh, across the state. I almost said cross town. No, across the state to uh, Ohio University. And their top player is a pitcher. Uh, The past few years, they've had some hitters of note some interesting guys but this year they are a team that it's the pitching staff and specifically eddie cutt who was a reliever slash starter a year ago started five games 22 appearances were most on the team you know joe rock was the big name for obvious reasons but eddie cutt as a he'll be a senior he was a senior last year but he is a senior again this year strikeout rate over 10 walk rate of 1.58 so you're combining that highly productive guy uh Age will be the issue again, and you know Ohio University isn't exactly a hotbed traditionally for baseball. Don't give me your Mike Schmidt takes. I don't. I don't need them. <laughs> you know, you get lucky from time to time, uh, but yeah. And I know Joe Rock was a second rounder a year ago, but it'd been a while. before that, that we'd seen someone who really jumped out. Uh, it was an older team too across the board. I always get thrown off because they have Trevor Hafner. Um, I do not believe that's relation, but I could be wrong. And I'm like, oh, wait, ha- T-, T. Hafner? Uh, it's inevitable when people ask about such things. Uh, they, I mean, Joe Rock was the only player that had drafted. And then even, the, I mean, all their top players were redshirt juniors and seniors or just juniors or five-year seniors. And that's what throws you off because it's like Isaiah Pearson um, and Aaron Levy had some decent production. They were both seniors, but because that last year, they might both actually be back. Spencer... Harbert uh, led the team in home runs. He got the double digits with 10. And he was a redshirt junior, so he is back this year. And uh, Harbert was really the the hitter to watch for me. He's bounced around a bit. He was at University of Kentucky to Hartford Community College uh, to Ohio University. So, again, to go to an SEC program is, is a big deal. That's not something that just, you know, everyone gets to do. Didn't get an opportunity, transferred. You know, had the 2020 season where things... Didn't get an opportunity, but last year was really his first full look. And 295 average, 389 on base, 589 slugging, uh, 306 bat not ideal, but he walked nearly 14% of the time, struck out barely over 20%, and had double-digit home runs. So that made him kind of the interesting bat for Ohio. And then, you know, Eddie cut the 4th, for being specific, a California kid who... I mean, he's he's missed bats. Last year, the big change was the walk rate was very low for him. After it been kind of well, you can't count twenty twenty data. Let's just ignore that. Uh, he is twenty two. Will be twenty three in April, so he is a little bit older. But yeah, I'm just he's been productive. Uh, if you're going to go on a day three or a senior sign type, you want to go for that guy who's been productive. You're going to gamble on that type of player, and we know uh, the uh, we know the Cleveland Guardians like. Uh, guys with high strikeout rates and low walk rates, if they're going to go out and get someone end of day three or end of day two and that senior sign range, go get someone in day three, Eddie cuts a name to know like he actually, this stuff is a little bit better where you feel safer projecting him than say uh or from Akron. Uh, he's mostly a reliever. I'm curious if they'll give him any chance to start and show if he's got a little bit more there. Cause that would just be the nice thing to do. Give him a better opportunity. Uh, so eddie cuts the kind of the big prospect there i think in terms of that but spencer harbott is the uh, the guy i will be looking at offensively for them and i'm just gonna see if trevor uh, Luke's was a guy in the past but he didn't get to play a ton i just had remembered that name and then yeah it's there's still a it's a it's a team that's very was ju- very junior and senior and redshirt heavy a year ago so I'll be curious to watch them and just see who plays what and where. We still got three schools. So we still got Bowling Green, Toledo, and Wright State. We will talk about those programs on Friday show. Uh, or we'll get to them next. Actually, we'll do them next week. Friday is, of course, our daily, daily weekly draft show. I'm a disaster. We're going to call it a show. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Guardians podcast. I want to thank you for listening daily. Uh, again, uh, let me know what you want to hear on the show. Help drive things. Uh, I do want to give a thank you. And I will do that on Friday's show because I want to make sure I get the name. we got another iTunes review, so I always give that thank you shout out on the show. That is coming on next week. And as we end our shows now, go, go, Guardians, go.